right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about No Hard Feelings, the new raunchy R-rated comedy starring Jennifer Lawrence from director Gene Stepinski, who did Good Boys a few years ago. And it's a fun time, and we're going to have a fun time talking about it. Uh, Joining me is Derek Murray from NerdBot. And uh, yeah, we have a great conversation, some fun puzzle pieces to get into, taking us back to a time where these kinds of movies actually were basically everything. Like this, this was exactly the kind of movie that dominated the landscape. And now we don't see stuff like this anymore. So it was a fun little throwback to basically the early 2000s, but to a very specific time in comedy. And we'll get into that as we get into the conversation. Before we get into it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod on Twitter and Instagram, and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Last but not least, I do want to let you know about our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and my music career. Uh, Right now, you can already listen to some tracks from the Pup Pups album that's coming out later this week. So excited to finally be putting that thing out. And then in July, I'm releasing a whole new soundtrack album that will be exclusive to the Patreon. Uh, And... As far as podcasting is concerned, we'll be recording a new awesome movie or bonus episode soon. And uh, there are, I think, a couple of episodes, definitely The Flash, uh, piecing it together episodes that haven't made it to the main feed yet, but you could check them out early over on Patreon. So, hey, check it out if you want to support the show in that way. Patreon.com slash by David Rosen. Of course, there's a link in the show notes. So, with all that said, let's talk about No Hard Feelings. All right, we've got Derek Murray with us to talk No Hard Feelings. This should be a uh, very fun, ridiculous one to talk about. But Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm really excited. Yeah, absolutely. I know we've been trying to get you on for a while now. And this movie, you know, we're, we're recording this the weekend it comes out. And I feel like the takes are all over the place on this one like <laughs> there's no way to nail down what people are gonna think of uh, a raunchy r-rated comedy in the year 2023 but you know i i guess we'll get into what we think about it in a minute before we get too far into it though it is your first time on the show so uh tell my listeners a little about you yeah so i am a a, a film critic for nerdbot.com um which is a digital nerd site uh, that just does news, and I, I pretty much predominantly only do reviews now, mainly for film. I don't do a lot of television, unfortunately. Uh, mm. That's only because it, when I try to see so many movies, I just run out of time. There are so many TV shows I wish I could watch. I don't know how people have this many hours in the day, but yeah. I have to choose one or the other, and I chose film. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just I love it. I love cinema. Uh, I love talking about movies and, and writing about them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a definitely a passion. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat. I do not know how people find time for all the TV when they're also watching the movies, but, uh, I don't know that, that that's for like the, uh, the regular people who aren't thinking critically about them. Right. So they, they true. Can I, consume... I tell everybody, yeah, I tell everybody like, guys, I don't watch movies the same as you yeah. do. <laughs> like, yeah. You watch like five <laughs> movies a year. I can promise you we don't watch movies the same way. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, th- that's actually a good setup for, uh, you know, getting back into No Hard Feelings and about that really wide range of reactions, because I'm noticing it even from, like, you know, my peers here in, in film criticism and podcasting, like, there does not seem to be one, uh, like, definitive way to to think about this movie. Like, you've got people who like, uh, you know, dumb, silly, ridiculous, over-the-top comedy and all that kind of stuff who either love it or hate it. And you have people who are like, why the hell is Jennifer Lawrence doing this movie who end up loving it or also hate it? It's everywhere. Yeah, I think there's, you know, I'm I'm a big... I'm a huge sucker for films that have uh, a strong self-awareness about them. Um, Mm -hmm. So even if the content is divisive, which I I mean, truthfully, a 32 year old woman dating a 19 year old boy. I mean, you can't, it doesn't work in the reverse. It's a very nineties type of, of style of, of comedy and and filmmaking. But I, I give a lot of points and a lot of passes for films that truly understand what it is they're trying to do and what it is they're trying to accomplish. So when a film stays in its own lane, I tend to really enjoy them much more than, you know, I think we live in this age where everything has to be subversive. Everything has to be genre defining. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everything has to be unique. Or if it's not any of those, it's got to be straight IP driven. Um, And so when I see a movie that's just, no, this is an unabashed, raunchy, 90s throwback comedy, like, I'm kind of on board. I'm kind of yes. down for it. Absolutely. And I think we're going to see as this year continues, like, I mean, we've got Joyride coming out in a couple of weeks, which seems to be yeah. somewhat in the same realm. We've got Strays uh, next month. I mean, I, I feel like we're at least trying to get back to that for, you know, for a few releases, you know, a few of these just raunchy, like, like, fuck it. Let's just be funny and ridiculous kind of comedies. And I'm all for that. I mean, I loved those movies back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I mean, yeah, I've grown, I guess, kind of. But at the same time, I still <laughs> laugh at all these dumb sex jokes and stuff. So sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm down for some, some of these things. A few of them here and there, uh, especially involving talking dogs. But that's next month. Yeah. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that eventually. But uh, let's start getting into No Hard Feelings. What do you have for your first puzzle piece? Yeah, so, you know, it's strange because as raunchy as this one gets, and it does, I, I think it it definitely taps into some of that R-rated comedy. I was actually really struggling to find R-rated comedies that had the similar tone and mm. kind of the similar vibe of what it was, of, of what it was trying to accomplish. So the first film that really stuck out to me uh, that feels truly inspired um, is Easy A. Uh, sure with uh you know with uh emma emma stone Uh, that one just really uh, for some reason there's something about the correlations between you know putting up a ruse and you know trying to do something for the you know the the underdog and and it's all surrounding sex or make-believe sex um so that that movie i think really really struck me as being a pretty strong contender uh for something that feels like it was like no hard feelings was definitely inspired yeah uh, by that one Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about including that one, too. And I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying as far as attempting to do a raunchy R-rated comedy, you know, in this this era right now. Um, If you 
know what you're doing, if you know what the tone is of your movie and you stick to it, you can kind of get away with a little bit more. Yeah. So I think there's there's something to be said about being able to translate kind of raunchy themes and, and themes that you might not want to might not feel comfortable accepting. Um as long as you're treating your characters with, you know, kind of some emotional empathy and, uh, you know, giving some heart behind them. Like I, I never watching no hard feelings. Like, yes, there's a lot of kind of egregious punchlines and a lot of jokes that are centered around just sexually explicit material, but I never felt like they were trying to belittle, uh, you know, the, uh, Wade or, or whatever. I'm sorry. What's his name? Uh, his name is Percy. Percy. Yeah. That's right. I never felt that they were trying to like belittle Percy and, and they kind of, as the film goes on, you start to realize that like Percy's not awkward because he's got some kind of like social deficiency or anything like that. Like he's got helicopter parents and it kind of digs a little bit deeper into how he's being raised and what it's like to be this kind of spoiled rich kid that doesn't have any real connection. Yeah. Um, and so I think, when you're able to kind of dig into those things a little bit deeper without trying to make your movie about that, that's mm. the, that's the fine line, right? Because you've got to make sure that we're sticking to the raunchy comedy. We're owning that, that sexual, you know, tension or whatever you want to call it. Um, but adding those undertones and that layeredness, I think that's what kind of makes it a little bit more acceptable. Um, and I think Easy A is a great example of a film that does that really, really well. I mean, when you look at the premise of something like Easy A on paper, there is no reason that movie should work at sure, all. Sure. <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it does. And it's really heartfelt. And it's really funny. And it's, and, and it's done really well. And I think No Hard Feelings really taps into some of that and it strikes that balance pretty well. Absolutely. Well, you know, for my first piece, I'm also going to go with something from the 2000s that, you know, combined that raunchy comedy with the heartfelt sincerity. Uh, and really, you can go with a lot of Judd Apatow, but I'm going the 40 year old version for mine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got this shy, dorky character who, like you were saying, like we do, we get little hints of why they're like that, but that's not really the point. The point is to make a funny sex comedy. And like that all is around uh, this this character's interactions with other people. And once Jennifer Lawrence comes into the picture and starts dragging him outside of his bubble. And so you end up getting all the comedy from that. And we're not exactly trying to explore like, how does this happen? Or like, you know, why, why does this person end up this way? And so, uh, but yeah, you can really go to a lot of Judd Apatow, but the 40 year old version, I feel like is like the, the best parallel to, uh, what we're doing here. No hard feelings. That's a, that's a great pick. Actually. It's funny because that's actually my second pick. Okay. Uh, that was, that was the second movie that came to mind. I, I think that, you know, I think Judd Apatow, does the the sex comedy pretty well? Mm -hmm. um, I do think that some of his work stretches its runtime a little bit. Sure, um, yeah. <laughs> especially when you get into kind of the third act. Th Judd Apatow is a third act problem, but that's a completely different. That's yeah. a completely different show. Yeah. Um, but I do think you're right. I think the heart of kind of where this this particular sex comedy, like No Hard Feelings, um, I think it really does have a lot of those forty year old virgin pieces. Where you know, he, uh, again, he's not. You know, look at somebody like Steve Carell. Steve Carell is not socially inept. Mm -hmm. It was just not an experience he was able to have. And right. he had different priorities in his life. And that whole thing just kind of skipped him by. Um, and so I think Percy and that character are, are, are pretty similar in that vein. Um, and then, you know, you meet somebody that just gets you out of their shell or gets you out of your shell. for and And I think that really works here. So that's a great pick.
Awesome, awesome. Well, I, I kind of stole that one from you, but do you have another piece you want to go to right now? Um, you know, it's funny because I I want to kind of encompass some of the humor and some of the more slapstick out of the uh, just kind of out there comedies um, that I think this one tries to tap into. I would definitely say that Stupinsky's Good Boys absolutely filters into this, mm-hmm. um, where it takes characters that you wouldn't normally think would have that kind of raunchy sexual experience mm. uh, or language and kind of applies it to that. So I think he's got a very, you know, kind of tried and true working filmography right now. Um, but I would actually say so it doesn't have the parody of, you know, kind of the these these elements. But I think all encompassing, I think things like Eurotrip, Road Trip, Sex Drive, um, that yeah. whole kind of conglomerate of film um you know even some of the new guys in there a little bit mm-hmm. all of those things i think are kind of they're thematically they're very similar to what's happening um in no hard feelings they kind of they hearken you back to that whole time where yeah you could just do these things and people would go see them and people would just deal with it and they'd be fine with it and nobody like tried to boycott it yeah. or, or light theaters on fire yeah. uh, because some kids are driving on the road to have sex. Like that's, you know, so I, I would say overall, those would be the pieces, little bits and pieces of those um, I, I think can be implemented here yeah. uh, in, no, in no hard feelings. Yeah. I was thinking about revenge of the nerds at one point as a possible piece and God would yeah. people light the theaters on fire nowadays with a movie like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> the, those four movies, it's funny, you like kind of combine them there because like, yeah, that is like just a whole vibe, that very specific moment in raunchy R rated comedy. And it's like, it's post American pie, but it's, pre Apatow, or at least like, you know, the big Apatow rise, you know, uh, the big run of his films. So like, yeah, it's a very specific moment. And that's exactly, I think what this is trying to tap into. So I think that's a great one to include here. Um, I, I'll go to the Farley brothers. I, I, I keep going with, uh, you know, over, you know, filmmakers, their entire catalog, but I'll, I'll, like zero in on there's something about Mary though, as like yep, my main that, one. That one came to mind too. I had it on my list. Nice. So, yep. I'm sorry. I keep yep. stealing them from you. Uh, no, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, this does feel like something if the Farley brothers hadn't gone in their weird Oscar winning and who knows whatever else they're doing now ways, uh, you know, this seems like the kind of thing that they would have continued on to do. Like this definitely feels in line with uh their their whole filmography yeah no i i would totally agree with that i think especially something like there's something about mary that really drives that raunchy comedy that raunchy sex comedy um but also really has characters that you kind of root for and you kind of fall in love with and uh you know it's it's i my that is a movie that my dad and i have always loved we've always bonded over there's something about Mary and that's significant because only up until recently, my dad is like actually allowed us to curse. He was very strict growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for him to like go and watch something like there's something about Mary and then come back and be like, this was so funny. I laughed so hard. I was like, who are you? Like (laughs) what is going on? Um, And so I definitely think there's some inspiration there from uh, for, for no hard feelings with something like there's something about Mary that, yeah, it, it it is absolutely ridiculous, and it's got a little bit of those, some of that teen comedy that we kind of talked about, some of that Euro trip in there a little sure. bit. 
uh, with kind of the the off ends, you know, gags or whatever. Um, but the heart and just where that humor is coming from, I think that's a great pick. And I think the Farley brothers really, they try to do, I don't think they accomplish it all the time, but you can tell they're trying to add some kind of reason as to why this comedy is so raunchy. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not just raunchy for the sake of, it's not like a scary movie spoof. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason behind it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really enjoy that. That's a, that's a great pick. Yeah. And I think one other thing about there's something about Mary and the Farleys in general is, uh, you know, they're kind of caricature, like, you know, character archetypes, like, you know, the, the, the dork, the dweeb, the, the sex crazed character, like, you know, the super hot chick, like, you know, they're, they're like kind of playing with that here, except for their they're blending them all up. Like the hot chick is the sex craze character here. You know, the, right. the dweeb yep. is kind of the hero type character. Like, like you're kind of like mixing up all of those kind of caricatures that they would always play with in all their movies really. And, uh, you know, trying to put little spins on them by maybe combining aspects here and there. And so, uh, it makes for, for a little bit of a interesting twist on what they were playing with. But, uh, what do you have for your next piece? Man, uh, I, I feel like those are, the, I feel like that's almost all of them. I keep stealing um, them. I know, I know. I, I got know, two man. more. I know. So. We, we, covered, we covered a lot of films. I, I think, you know, kind of kind of going back to some of those that we highlighted, though, I, I did want to point out just the, the performance of Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. and how well she's able to tap into that comedy section. Um, I think kind of going back to things like Easy A and even there's something about Mary where you take these people that, uh, you know, Emma Stone and Cameron Diaz, who they have, I don't want to say checkered careers, but they have kind of diverse careers where they do a lot of just different types of things. I think Emma Stone has kind of faltered, fell and fallen into kind of some more of that serious stuff, a little bit of that dramedy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and Cameron Diaz is kind of. I don't think she's ever really popped as a comedic actress. Right. Um, but I do think in highlighting some of those pieces, I think that Jennifer Lawrence really proves that she can do both. She can be an Oscar winning actress and also shoulder something like no hard feelings um, and, and make the comedy feel real, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really allow you to kind of accept what what's happening. I mean, there's there's I mean, obviously, there's the infamous scene where, you know, yeah, she does. She does nudity in this one, guys. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but it never I never felt like that was exploitative. I felt like that was her choice. Yeah. Um, and there's that that uh, kind of feminine empowerment of her being able to say, like, no, 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 I can go there. I can do I can do the comedy. And it kind of kind of, you know, it, relationally, it, it it feels very in line with there's something about Mary where you know, Cameron Diaz is like, yeah, it's fine. I'll put, I'll put jizz in my hair as gel. Like, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the joke. I'll commit. Um, and so I think those films are, are truly influencing, uh, what we're seeing in no hard feelings. And I think that performance, um, personally, I think the movie doesn't work without Jennifer Lawrence working oh, yeah. as hard as she does. Um, and I think some of the movies we've already mentioned, I think things like easy a, uh, and there's something about Mary, I don't think they work without the really stellar performances from uh, Emma Stone and, and Cameron Diaz. So I think channeling those films, I think those are honestly, those are the biggest puzzle pieces to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you sprinkle in that Apato with that 40 year old virgin and then just that that timeless sector, like you were saying, where it's, you know, kind of post-American pie, but pre-Judd Apato in his, in his heyday. 
um, that time period, I just feel like any comedy you think of can kind of fit into where this is where No Hard Feelings should have been released. Right. Like, right around that time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I've got I've got two more, but they're both like kind of small ones. So I, I mean, we'll just kind of like get through those. But like you're you're talking about the naked scene. So, I mean, we might as well bring that up. This like really insanely ridiculous uh fully nude <laughs> fight scene on the beach that jennifer lawrence does and uh i don't know how your theater uh reacted to it but for me i was brought back to borat and the naked fight scene because you, yeah. it, it was just screaming from my audience i mean it was it was like a press screening and you know those people are usually pretty excited to see the movie uh as it is and uh they were going nuts for it, just ape shit. And and that was it was fun. Like it's really fun to be a part of a crowd like that. And that really brought me back to that opening weekend of uh seeing Borat in the naked fight scene. Uh so I definitely wanted to include that as a puzzle piece there as well. Yeah, that's a great that's a great pick. And it definitely has that where it's so unexpected. And I and I remember hearing a, an interview before uh before I saw the film. I remember the director saying, Oh yeah. There's some, you know, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence has some, some nude scenes in this movie. And I genuinely thought that that was all BS. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought it was like, oh yeah, it's going to be like the, you know, kind of, kind of nude, but not really like the half nude. Or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like clearly not her. Um, and, and then when she popped up on the beach and I was just like, Oh, we're really doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're really doing this. You know what's funny um, about yeah. that is right before that, when she first gets in the water nude, um, like they do the classic like cutaway as she's taking her clothes yeah. off. So it's like you feel like you're, you're like, oh, I, you know, this is like a PG thirteen movie or something, and then all of a sudden, nope. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Yep. No, she she goes there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I that's a great pick. I think that. I, I remember experiencing that Borat moment where I was, it's already pushing the limit and then it goes there and you're just like, oh my God, this is not what I was, what is happening? Like, you're just so taken aback by it, but it's so riotously funny uh, that you're kind of, you're just into it. You're just, you're just down. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a good pick. That's a really good puzzle piece. I like that. Right on. And then uh, the last one that I was going to bring up, maybe not uh, as, as far as like the kind of comedy it is, but um, you see Matthew Broderick as this guy who wants to get his son out of his shell and remembers back to when he was a young man and how this adventurous time with a woman kind of awakened him. And I mean, it's hard not to think about Ferris Bueller's day off. So I I feel like you can't cast Matthew Broderick as that character who has those intentions and not think about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a good point. I, I like Matthew Broderick in this role. Um, He reminds me very much of kind of where Hugh Grant is in his, in his, uh, is in his, in his work, right in his career right now, Mm -hmm. where they both just kind of show up and stuff, turn in like two days worth of work and are just one of the funniest parts of anything that they're doing. Yeah. And they don't really care whether the project means anything or not. Like they just want to come in and have a good time. Um, and, and you definitely see that from, from Broderick where I think he is, I, I do see him kind of trying to channel some of that young Ferris Bueller as an old man, like yeah. an old man reflecting on the young life he used to have and wanting his kid to have a Ferris Bueller's day. Um, and then paying somebody to give it to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it feels very in line and, and very much kind of putting all of that together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. 
Yeah, and uh, I I dated a girl with a dad named Laird, and uh, so that joke made me laugh a lot because, like, you know, when I first heard that name, I was like, "Wait, what?" You know? But, yeah, her her banter, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's banter with the Broderick and and the the wife, Laura Benanti. Yeah, she is so yeah, funny in this, and her her yeah. age trying to, you know, oh, I'm a little older than than the eighteen to twenty, and then they get it down to twenty nine, and then she's three years above. The, I thought that was hilarious. That was so well done. Oh. Oh, yeah. So funny. <laughs> really, really funny stuff. Well, I will read down the list of puzzle pieces we just talked about, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. Uh, we talked about Easy A, the 40-year-old virgin, Euro Trip, Road Trip, Sex Drive, and the new guy. There's something about Mary, Borat, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, you know, th- there were some other things I thought of, but they kind of are similar to what we were talking about. I thought of She's All That, which kind of goes along with Easy A. You know, I I thought of, uh, I mean, I mentioned Revenge of the Nerds, which kind of goes along with all the sex comedy stuff. I also thought of Get Him to the Greek as uh, another one. God, man, you and I, I should have, I should have just said these out loud, man, because you are, (laughs) you are in my brain. I, part of me was thinking like, no, they're not as aligned as I think they should be. And then, you know, but I was like picking out little bits and pieces of Mm -hmm. all of those movies. Um, I think Apatow in general, I mean, if you look at things like that, get him to the Greek, which is criminally underrated, regardless of how you feel about Russell Brand. Yeah, Um, that that movie is is fantastic. I, I love that movie, but it does. It's got a lot of that somebody trying to give somebody else the experiences they've never had um and and kind of opening them up through you know sex and drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff sure um so there's definitely a relation there um i was even thinking of pieces of forgetting sarah marshall Mm -hmm. um there there's some of that in there um i actually was thinking too i'm just gonna say them out loud now since you've run them down (laughs) Uh, i was also thinking of uh of she's out of my league um which also has kind of some of that raunchy sex comedy and it's you know it's got the friends trying to coax him into making these different decisions and he's punching above his weight and uh you know that all of those things all of those elements i think really uh you know kind of piece no hard feelings together you can tell that this movie is very much uh, a capsule of its time even though it's released here in 2023 i mean we just named 20 movies (laughs) <laughs> like right. all have bits and pieces that you can grab that kind of make up uh, no hard feelings. And that's a good thing. I, yeah. I actually don't think that's a bad thing at all. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I, I think, you know, we get, first of all, we don't get that many comedies as it is, but so like anytime a comedy comes out, you know, it's kind of, I'm, I'm always, my interest is peaked just because I, you know, grew up a comedy guy, like comedy was always my thing. And so, you know, I'm always at least rooting for it, even if it doesn't turn out. And then, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to recapture, uh, a, a vibe that doesn't quite, you know, fit in the current landscape. And if it yeah. doesn't work, it doesn't work. And this movie, I, you know, it's not going to make a top 10 list or anything like that for me, but I had a lot of fun with it and I laughed a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in a similar vein, man. I, it's, it's not the best, it's not even the best of its kind, truthfully. Yeah. Um, but like you, I had a great time in the theater, man. My theater was laughing. It, I saw it, you know, a little bit early at like an early screening and, it was a packed crowd and people were laughing. They were into it. And sometimes that's really all you need. Uh, like I said, I, I know we're living in an era where everything needs to change the game and everything needs to be a billion dollars at the box office. And <laughs> if it's not just completely subverting their genre and turning it on, on its head, it's not worth watching. And 
I just don't think that that's really how we should be watching movies. I, I think that there's there's some good fun in just going back to a time where, yeah, it's 2002 and I'm 16 and I'm laughing at sex jokes. Like, yeah. that's okay. We can do that. That's amazing. And, you know, and, and I completely agree, like, you know, box offices and any, everything. But at the time we're recording this, it's currently forecasted for number one at the box office for the weekend, which nice. that, that's wild. An R-rated sex comedy in the year 2023 hitting number one. I think that speaks so much to the fact that Jennifer Lawrence really is a freaking star, you know. She is, man. She is she is a a definitive movie star. Yeah. Uh I I think people love her personality and love who she is off-screen as much as they love who she is on-screen and that that celebrity status I think it really translates. And then just to see her do comedy so well after really just being a, a predominantly dramatic actress. Like I loved Causeway last year. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought she's just absolutely incredible. She turned in this beautiful, quiet subdued performance that just had so much emotional resonance behind it and then to follow it up with like just this unabashed sex comedy (laughs) where her comedic timing is just on point i was like man she really can do it all like (laughs) just put her in more movies man let's do it absolutely away from david o russell and let her just do this 100 percent, yes all right i think that's a good place to wrap up no hard feelings is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners um, I, I've seen almost everything, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do a, a quiet, uh, hidden gem, uh, and I'm going to recommend, I like movies. Um, oh, nice. I, I want to see this. I heard great things about it. It is, man. If you love movies and you're a cinephile, this movie is made for you. Uh, it is so, it's so sweet and so funny. Uh, it's got ton of raunchy comedy, foul language. But it's got just so much passion behind it. The deep cuts of what they talk about when it comes to film and movies that they want to like, it's it's so good. And I just absolutely adore this movie. Uh, and when you want to start talking about pieces, it's got all the the raunchiness and, and workplace comedy stuff of like clerks and waiting and it's got some of that Empire Records throwback. Nice. And it's just this ode to physical media and film obsession and working at a blockbuster. Like it, this movie is amazing. I, it made my top five of the mid year review so far. Um, Cause I just absolutely adored this movie. So I'm going to recommend I like movies. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to try to get to it as soon as I can. It sounds awesome. Uh, Derek, thank you so much for doing the show. Tell people again where they can find you and your writing. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find all of my articles on nerdbot.com. Um, you can always follow me on Twitter at DRock Comedy. It's DROK Comedy. Um, you can follow me on Letterboxd as well. Same thing, uh, DROK Comedy. That's DROK Comedy. Um, I, I log a ton of st- anything I watch, I log on there. Um, and like, like you, David, I am a big believer in dating things properly and getting like we are six months into the year there is no such thing as a 2022 release stop it letterbox they're out of their minds i'm telling you I, I don't get it man uh, look only like a thousand people got to see movies at tiff that is not a release date like no, stop no not at all that's <laughs> insane uh right on man thank you so much for doing the show and yeah hopefully we'll get you back again sometime yeah absolutely man this is great thank you so much 
I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about No Hard Feelings. Thank you to Derek Murray for joining me on that one, and thanks to all you for listening. Uh, if you're enjoying piecing it together, make sure you are subscribed. we got a lot of episodes on the way. I will say that the uh, next couple of weeks will be kind of dominated by special episodes. We, of course, have our monthly trailer episode coming up, but also a special commentary track for the Pup Pups album, because that album is coming out this week, as well as our annual middle-of-the-year top 10 so far list with Josh Bell from Awesome Movie Year. So we got a few special episodes coming up, and then we will get into some more movies to talk about. But uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening. And if you enjoy the show, drop a five-star rating. I'd appreciate that. You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And I told you at the top of the show about our Patreon. Don't forget about that. If you would like to support the Patreon, I would appreciate it. Also, I am running a survey right now. Uh, on the website, piecingpod.com, you'll see at the top of the screen, Piecing It Together Survey. There's probably also a link in the show notes or on my social media. Somewhere you'll see a link to it. Uh, if you fill out that survey, it's just to get a little bit of listener feedback from people who listen to this podcast. Um, you will be entered to win some great prizes, including uh, some of my CDs, a Piecing It Together t-shirt, or free tickets to the Beverly Theater here in Las Vegas. So, uh Go ahead, fill that out, win some prizes, and help me out in the process. It only takes a couple of minutes to fill it out. I would appreciate if a whole bunch of you do it. So go and do that on piecingpod.com. And now it's time to close this out with a piece of my music. And usually I would probably try to find a uh, a piece that kind of fits the theme of No Hard Feelings. And, uh, you know, to do that, I'd probably have to dig back into my filthy, dirty comedy rap career, but I don't want to do that uh, because I have this new album of sweet, silly, goofy songs about my dogs and cats coming out this weekend uh, called The Pup Pups, Who Wants Din Din, and I gotta just plug that, so I'm gonna play something from that album, even though it doesn't fit whatsoever. Uh, I'll just pick a song at random. I don't know. What song should I play? Uh, how about Waka Waka? This is a song that's a duet with my dog Harvey about going on a walk. So I'm going to play Waka Waka from the Pup Pups, which, by the way, this Thursday, uh, it's the 20th, yeah, June 29th, 7 p.m. Pacific time, there will be a listening party of this whole album. We can all talk about how much we love dogs and cats and listen to the album the day before it hits streaming. So uh, the Pup Pups, Who Wants Din Din, coming out this weekend, listening party on the 29th. This is Waka Waka. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.